You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Locked On Fantasy Football. Winning your league starts with the right day. Locked on Fantasy Football is the daily podcast all year round, so your fantasy team never fails. Subscribe to Locked on Fantasy. Today on the show, ESPN has started coming out with their lists, and these are lists that are uh, done by surveying scouts, executives, coaches, etc., So this is what the league thinks. This is not just some, you know, it was just some arbitrary sports writer saying, oh, these are the top tens. We would not even waste time on this. I'm telling you, I just don't get into responding to the clickbait nonsense. It's not what we do on this show. And it's not what I get down with in my own work. And if you want to, if you want to read that stuff, if you want to get riled up about that stuff, that's fine. But I do think it's worth talking about league consensus, league perception, because these are peers. These are potential opponents. And I think it helps give us a good gauge of where this Packers team is. We're going to get to that, the the macro part of this a little bit later. And, and we will touch on what Aaron Rodgers did and didn't say during the match and in the pre-media stuff at the end of the show. I'll save that for the end for those of you who are over it. So Jeremy Fowler puts these things together for ESPN. And according to the first two lists that they put together, defensive tackles, interior defenders, um, and edge rushers, neither Kenny Clark nor Zadarius Smith were top 10 at their positions. Both received votes. And were therefore honorable mentions. Now, Kenny Clark was on the list last year. He was 10th. For my money, that was too low. He was third in pass rush grade last year. Now we're talking last last year, sorry, 2019. That fell considerably in 2020. I mentioned this on Twitter. It is somewhat ironic that he wound up Honorable mention on the list heading into 2021 after a down 2020 and yet was way lower on the 2020 list going into the 2020 season than he should have been following the season he put together in 2019. And we've talked on this program about how important he has a chance to be for this defense and how his development in it. His evolution as a player, his ability to play more three-tech, to move around a little bit more, to be a little bit more disruptive and and have the chance to rush the passer more could be a key cog in elevating this defense above what we saw last year. The Zadarius Smith part of this is nonsense. It is garbage. It is absurd. And It's not as bad 
in a way a year ago. And I, I say that not because Cedaria Smith was better in 2020 than 2019. That's not the case. Cedaria Smith was awesome in 2019, better than he was in 2020. Led the league in pressures, uh, elite counting stats, whatever numbers you want to look at, the advanced numbers, you know, beyond the box score stuff, like I said, pressure, pressure rate, stuff like that, splash plays. He did it all. And he was a huge part in elevating a team that offensively was not as good as we were expecting and defensively was better than we expected in part because he was dominant. And so I can understand to a point him not getting the sort of respect off one year because, okay, it's one year and Preston Smith also had a really good season and Kenny Clark also had a really good season. So, you know, he had a lot of help. He got a lot of one-on-ones and that, that by the way, uh, is not true, but that could be a, a way of, you know, underplaying how good he was last year. It's just not the reality. There is no excuse for him not being on the list after 2020 when he was from a, you know, if you're just going to box score scout uh, better. And when he proved it, he proved 2019 was not a fluke. He was a game changer in 2020. Now, did he dominate games the way that he did in 2019 when, you know, he takes over against Dallas or when he single-handedly beats the Vikings on the road in prime time to win the division? No. No. But has he been an unmistakable force on this Packers defense since he came to Green Bay? Yes. And... The fact that it is now two years in a row means that there is no longer any denying that he is an elite pass rusher. Check the stats. Check the PFF grades. Check the pressure numbers. Check the pressure rate. Check all of the numbers. Check the tape, most importantly. And you will see Zadarius Smith is an elite and has been an elite edge player over the last two seasons. And even if we're just going to take from last year heading into this year, Nick Bosa made the list. Nick Bosa didn't play last year. Joey Bosa made the list. He battled injuries last year. And if we're going to do the thing where we say, okay, in 2019, it's okay that he didn't make the list because it's just one year, then how does Chase Young make the list over Zadarius Smith? Explain it to me. It doesn't make any sense. Now, the Packers, for those players to be good and useful and and impactful for their team, do not need them to be recognized by the league. They don't need for other teams to say, yeah, that guy is really good. But generally speaking, good players are recognized by their peers. And and the weird thing is, you know, the quote about Kenny Clark in the piece is that he's really underrated. And then he had his best game of the year in the NFC Championship game, both of which are true. But he wasn't underrated last year. 
He he did not have a great season last year. He had a, he had an okay season. He was fine. He was awesome. I mean, legitimately awesome in 2019. And so you put those together and you've got a really good player. And and him, you know, 10th honorable mention doesn't really matter. He is a very good. There are only like I like I've said many times before. There are only like five or six interior defenders who matter. And in 2019, he was one of them. In 2020, he wasn't. Now, if he is again in 2021, this defense can be really good. Zadarius Smith, there are a lot of edge rushers who matter. There are a lot of edge rushers who create a lot of problems for opponents. Z is one of them. You you would love to have more than one. And when this defense was at its most ferocious from a pass rush standpoint, they had two edge guys flying off the edge. Zadarius could reduce down inside and rush inside. And you had someone in Kenny Clark who could dominate inside, not just in the run game, but as a pass rush specialist. And, you know, last year I thought that Mike Patton did some things um, where he he reduced the amount of flexibility that guys had, didn't move Z around as much, was not as interested in having guys shoot gaps and try and make plays in the backfield. He was much more into gap integrity and making sure that they were playing sound fundamentally and took away some of the risk, took away some of those designer blitzes that had been useful for them at times over the last few seasons. Even when they needed them, sometimes they they would come up a little wonky. And then, of course, in the second half of the NFC Championship game, when they they really, really needed them, they worked. And it's just sort of like, okay, where was this all here? I mean, that part of it is a little bit frustrating. But you got a new defense now. They're going to need Zadarius Smith without the help of all kinds of scheme and designer blitzes to get pressure. He didn't need that last year. He proved he can be that guy. Kenny Clark is going to get more one-on-one pass rush opportunities against guards. He's going to get to loop and, and play tackles who are not used to facing guys as big and strong as he is with the quickness and hands and, and all of the things that he brings to bear in a pass rush situation. He, he can be better. Ultimately, does it matter if they're on these lists? No. But that they're on the verge at least tells you that these guys are good. We know they're good. I, I don't, I really don't know what else Darius Smith at this point could do. Uh, I, I really don't because it's not just that he's he's a great football player and he is. He is a, a gregarious guy. He he does, you know, he, he As my buddy Brian Curtis would say, he gives great quote. I mean, he's great in an interview setting. He's great on social media. He's got the dances. What is the deal? Why can't he get more love? I don't understand it. But as long as he is kicking ass and taking names and living in opponent backfields, that's all that matters for the Green Bay Packers. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sports betting needs. Baseball, the NBA, hockey, fights, golf, it's all there at Bet Online before the next pitch, before the next tip, before the next puck drop. Go to Bet Online on your mobile device or your computer and see what kind of sign up bonuses and contest information you can get. Guess what? I have a sign up bonus for you. Go to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on. You put money in, 
Use the promo code and they will match that first deposit up to 50%. Bet online, your online sports book experts. So it's interesting. Um, last year when, when ESPN did these lists, Rob Domofsky wrote a piece about do the Packers have enough of these elite players? Because Rodgers was in the top 10, Devontae Adams was in the top 10, David Bakhtiari was in the top 10. And it was like, how many top 10 guys, if you if you don't have more than a couple, three, four, can you really be a Super Bowl team? Now, Green Bay, I think, told us in a way that the answer is no. And not because they only had three or four, but because they got contributions at a much higher level from a whole group of guys who didn't make those lists. And if I were putting together my top 10 lists at their positions, I think you're looking at Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Jair Alexander, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Aaron Jones, Kenny Clark, Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos. And in case... In case you're wondering, I did the research. I looked at the pro football focus grades from last year. Assuming a reasonable number of minimum snaps. So this is not just part-time guys or guys who look good, you know, as rotational players, but guys who were actually frontline players for their teams. Here are the pro football focus grades ranked for the players that I mentioned. Aaron Rodgers, first. Devontae Adams, first. Jair Alexander, first. David Bakhtiari, second. Adrian Amos, second. Aaron Jones, eighth. Darnell Savage, 11th. Elton Jenkins, 26th, which I don't get. And Kenny Clark, 30th. So of the pro football focus grades, so that means, oh, and I didn't even mention Zadarius Smith, 14th total grade among edge rushers and if you just take the pass rush grade he was seventh among qualifying edge rushers a no doubt legit top player seven guys in the top 15 at their positions but if we fudge it a little bit because the thing that matters most about an edge rusher is his ability to rush the passer then and of course we're, we're fudging it a little bit then Zadarius Smith joins the mix. You add in Darnell Savage, who was 11th. And now you've got a cadre of blue chip players. Six guys are in the top 11. Darnell Savage, as I mentioned in a previous show, was a top five safety, according to Doug Farrar. And Elton Jenkins, by all accounts, I mean, by consensus, is one of the best young interior offensive linemen, one of the best young offensive linemen in football, period. I don't I don't understand how that, that grade is what it is, but Kenny Clark uh, a year ago was, you know, top 10, top 15 in, in the pro football focus grades, depending on how you parse the snap minimums and those kinds of things. Coincidentally, he has maybe the worst case of any of these guys based on how he played last year. There are not 10 running backs better than Aaron Jones in the league. Does that matter that much? No. By the way, Pro Football Focus loved A.J. Dillon last year. He's going to get a bigger role this year. Is he going to vault into the top 10? No, probably not. 
But this offense is suited to that. Aaron Jones was awesome in 2019 for him to have not been in the top 10 list after that 2019 season when he led the league in touchdowns and took over games. I mean, five scores against Dallas and, you know, just dominant at times in in all phases. Won them the Kansas City Chiefs game as a pass catcher, not just a runner. I mean, unbelievable season. And then backs it up with another monster year last year. Splitting time between two other running backs. He is an elite back. And I know Bears fans don't want to hear it. Adrian Amos is an elite safety. Darnell Savage. And certainly in the second half of the year was an elite safety. This was the best safety tandem in the league after Halloween. They were awesome. And they have a chance to be even better this year, given the disguises and the fun stuff that I think this defense is going to do with the safeties. That's a lot of top end talent. That's a lot of top-end talent. And so for all of the consternation out there, oh, are the Packers uh, even a, a bottom, you know, without Aaron Rodgers, this is still a really good football team. And obviously Rodgers being the best quarterback in the league last year or second best if you really want to like get real Patrick Mahomesy about it. But really, there's not even an argument. Statistically, he was the best. And by the eye test, he was the best. He was the most in control. Devontae Adams was the best receiver in the league last year. Not arguable. David Bakhtiari is one of the two or three best offensive tackles in football, if not the best. Jair Alexander is one of the two or three best cornerbacks in football, if not the best. How many teams, and, and, and those are at premier positions. Premier quarterback, receiver, corner, tackle. And Zadarius Smith, who I didn't even mention, you know, top 10, pass rush grade, pressures, all that stuff. Number one in pressures two years ago. He is an outstanding pass rusher. So you add in that, that, that combination, how many teams have the combination of quarterback, receiver, cornerback, offensive tackle, and edge rusher that Green Bay does? How many teams? It's pretty hard to find one. You know, a team like Tampa, they don't have a corner anywhere near as good as Jair Alexander, Carlton Davis, and Jamel Dean, and those guys, they're nice players. They're good. They're not Jair Alexander good. And, and Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul with Vita Vea and all those dudes up front, they were awesome. They, they destroyed the Packers' offensive line. They beat up the Chiefs' offensive line. I don't think any of those guys individually are as good as Sedarius Smith. The Chiefs? Mm-mm. They don't have the tackle. They don't have the pass rusher. They don't have the corner. The Browns? Quarterback's not close. They don't have a, a receiver who's really that close. They don't have a corner Who's really that close? I mean, I keep I keep seeing these things about, oh, the most complete team in the league. Okay, what about the positions that matter? What about having the elite talent at the spots that are the most important? Because to my eye, this was why I was so bullish on them. You know, the, the ability to stave off regression last year. I was looking at the roster going, well, okay, they won some close games, but they have the blue chip talent at positions where it matters the most. And 
to my eyes, there is not a, a team in football that can match them on that. There isn't. And, you know, assuming Aaron Rodgers is back, assuming he is the guy, this team is as stacked as any team in football with that elite talent. Now, are there teams that have deeper pass rushes? Yes. Are there teams with deeper receiving cores? Yes. Are there teams with more complete offensive lines right now, especially with the injuries? Sure. But that top-end blue-chip talent, it is Super Bowl quality, and especially with the defense in the back end, with the safeties playing as well as they did, and and they were a big reason that the, that the Packers got back in the game against the Bucs in the second half. Adrian Amos had a pick. He had another play um, that, that created a turnover. And Darnell Savage, you know, he got Randy Mossed a little bit by Chris Godwin, but he was in a position to make a play on a third and long where Brady just heaved one down there. If he makes that play... You know, the game is is fundamentally different. So this this defense and, and the whole team together has that elite talent. Even if you take Jordan Love and put him in there, you know, obviously he's not going to be elite right away. But you still have arguably the best receiver in the league. You still have arguably the best corner in the league. Arguably the best offensive tackle in the league. One of the best edge rushers in the league, one of the best running backs in the league, one of two of the best safeties in the league, one of the best interior offensive linemen in the league. That's really good. That's really good. I don't know if you know this. Having good players is good. Sometimes we focus too much on the flaws. I'm guilty of that for sure. This is a group that can be excellent. And and these lists, which as I said, I think are are good as, you know, sort of touchstones, they're they're guideposts here. But the league has has always undervalued Zedaria Smith. The league has always undervalued Aaron Jones. And in a way they've always undervalued, undervalued David Bakhtiari. He can't even get all pro votes and part of that is, you know, that's media and that's fans and all that stuff, but or Pro Bowl votes, he gets the All Pro votes. The idea that this is that this is you know all being carried by Aaron Rodgers, it's just not true. It's just not true. Now, does that mean they're going to be a good team if Rodgers is not the quarterback? Man, I have no idea. I still think they can be solid if Jordan Love isn't a disaster. You know, if he's decent, if he's decent, they can be decent. If he's solid, they can be good. And if he's good, they can be a real playoff team. That's, that's how good this roster is. And, and we said it. You know, I'm being consistent on this too because after last year, when Aaron Rodgers did not have a great 2019 after a not great 2018, after he got hurt in 2017, after he was mostly meh for most of 2016, after a bad 2015. Don't forget, that's what happened. I said, the Packers can win the Super Bowl with this version of Aaron Rodgers, the 2019 version of Aaron Rodgers, but the defense needs to improve and they need to add a playmaker or two. The defense didn't really improve. They didn't really add a playmaker or two, but Rodgers locked in. He and Matt LaFleur found a synergy. He, you know, worked on that lower half. He talked about getting stronger in his legs and finding that, that good base 
to make more accurate throws, to, to drive his throws a little bit better. And he played better. But I said, the team will be as good as Aaron Rodgers lets it. That their ceiling is still dictated by Aaron Rodgers. They can be a very good team with this version of Rodgers, the 2019 version. But that in order to be a Super Bowl team, he needs to, at least for a game or two, be that alpha guy. And honestly, even after an alpha type season, one of the reasons they lost the NFC Championship game was he made a couple bad throws. He made a couple poor decisions. Now he he was the victim of some drops, the interception, probably should have had a penalty called on the defense. Um, Devontae Adams probably should have caught the touchdown, but he also, you know, he could have run in. Uh, he could have been a second earlier to Devontae Adams on on an, a later throw in that same drive where where Devontae dropped the would-be touchdown. He had MVS open on a third down on a go-route for a would-be touchdown late in the game that, that could have put them in a position to win. So, look, this is all of that is to say this is still a very good team regardless of who the quarterback is. And with Aaron Rodgers, yeah, this is a, this is a legit Super Bowl contender. And I think that's something that we have to remember. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Right now, they have a limited time flavor that you are going to want to jump on because the grasshopper cookie flavor is my new favorite. It was my old favorite flavor was the coconut brownie. That was a limited time flavor. These things sell out and then they're gone and you don't know when they're coming back. And you just got to sort of hope they do. It's got a creamy center, that marshmallowy kind of fluffy, delicious center, but it's got the mint and the chocolate on the outside. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. I know I'm focused on the on the grasshopper cookie, but that's because it's so good. I could go for one right now, honestly. We wolfed them when we got them in, in the mail. My wife and I just took them apart. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Go to built.com, new website, built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So Aaron Rodgers said some stuff. Uh, he was asked during the match on TNT, uh, who was going to be the starter? Packers, Bears, who was going to be starter week one? He said, we'll see. I don't know. He demurred. He hemmed and hawed. A lot of you, and and I heard from, I tweeted about it, and I got so many tweets that were just like, can it just be over? Can we just wake me up when when the season starts? Can it just be over? And he had a big smile on his face. I mean, he knows the questions are coming. And he he did not seem to enjoy the ribbing that Tom Brady was giving him in the in the media leading up to the event about all of this. He uh he was fighting back some annoyedness. You could see it. And he's, you know, he'll he'll smile through it. You know, you gotta smile through it. You gotta tweet through the pain sometimes. He's gonna be back. I mean, I don't know. What do you want me to say? He's gonna be back. If, if he if he weren't going to be back, he would just say, yeah, it's time. And he could have said it a hundred times. And the only reason you don't say it is because 
you're open to coming back. And if you're open to coming back, then you're coming back because Green Bay's not trading you. The Packers are going to force Aaron Rodgers to blow this up if that's how this ends. They're going to force him to do it because they're going to say, we're not trading him. They, they already did this. They already, they already laid the groundwork for this. When they told, the whatever source told the athletic, Matt Schneidman, that they're not going to trade him, they don't plan to trade him, but they would if they thought they were sure he wasn't coming back. That was that was the that was the the only thing I needed to see. He has not ruled out the, the possibility of coming back because if he had, and if he were really contemplating retirement instead of playing, then why hold back? Just say, yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, it's not working out. And, you know, I'm still, I'm still contemplating my options. And, you know, who knows? He, he didn't, hasn't done any of that. He's sidestepped. All of that has been to leave open the possibility of coming back to Green Bay because that is what he is going to do. Remember to check out Locked On Today. Locked On Today is the podcast for all of the sports, not just Packers, but get all your latest sports news in under 20 minutes. We make it short. Get all the big headlines and the analysis that you need every day to be the most up-to-date sports fan that you can be. Go to the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow. More to come this week. I'm sure there'll be more um, ESPN lists we can talk about. Um, I'm always interested in your questions. Hit me up on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski um, or at Lockdown Packers, of course. Hit me up on Facebook um, and, and subscribe to the show. It helps leave a rating, leave a review. It really does help get the word out about Lockdown Packers. We are you know, the number one show already, but there are plenty of Packer fans out there that don't know about us that, that would, would probably enjoy hearing and being a part of this awesome community that you guys have created around the show. Uh, and anytime you want to hit me up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers. Locked On Packers.